Hello and welcome to Front Page Radio with your host, international author, broadcaster, and journalist Dan Wooding, the founder of Assist Ministries and the Assist News Service. Dan, who was born in Nigeria of British missionary parents, was raised in England and later worked for some of Great Britain's largest newspapers. He has been a journalist covering the world for some 47 years now with a focus on persecuted Christians and missions. And now, here's Dan Wooding with today's guest. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. strong it shall forever more endure the saints and angels many of you will remember George Beverly Shea who was for many years Billy Graham's soloist and sometime back I was able to interview him about his life and time with Mr. Graham so I began by welcoming Bev Shea to the show and asking him about an award that he'd just been told about. And George Beverly Shea had a wonderful Christmas uh, treat, really. Uh, Bev, first of all, thank you for being on the program. And then tell us what happened. Okay. You, got, you got a phone call. Oh, I, we did. Thank you for this call from you, by the way, Mr. Woody. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, it was about a month ago... Uh, uh, this is the Grammy Award office, and will you be home on such and such a day? Uh, the president of Grammy Awards wishes to speak to you. So the call came, and and he, he told me what what was all about, and I was so surprised. I haven't recorded for several years, but I did make, uh, you know, 53 albums for RCA and seven for Word, and and they received a Grammy and way back in you know, in 1965, for the album Southland Favorites. But what, what a surprise this was, you know. And he said that several hundred had voted on this. Hmm. People in the recording industry vote on this uh, uh, Lifetime Achievement Award. <laughs> That's wonderful. And I understand you're in pretty good company with Julie Andrews and Dolly oh, Parton. Oh, Dolly and... Parton. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Well, once when I was recording several years ago an album in uh, Nashville, all of a sudden a door opened and Dolly Parton walked in. <laughs> I don't think she noticed the red light <laughs> indicating we were recording. And she came through there as a shortcut to go to her office. Yes. <laughs> wow. At the meter then, you know. Now, uh, how old are you now, Bev? I'll be 102 February 1st. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, pretty I, good, you know. I, I want to take you back to the very first time you met Billy Graham. Uh, I believe you were at, was it um, yes, the Moody Radio? Was, T tell us about that. I was in college on a train to say hello because I'd been listening to a hymn program I had in the morning. And the, he came in, I saw him across the glass door, I said, come on in, you know. <laughs> and he was 21, I was 31. Wow, so you're really old then. Yeah, so that same age of difference, uh, 
uh, still there. I was up at his uh, home and I have the birthday dinner uh, a few days ago. Right. He was not. He became ninety-one. So he he was actually a fan of your program then. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So what what did he say to you? When 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 uh, when he came into the studio. Oh, when he came into the, to see me, I mean. Yes. Way back in. It was 43, 1943. Dear me. And uh, he said, I've been listening to your program called Hymns from the Chapel in the morning. And I just come on and come in and say hello to you. Huh. We became acquainted. And then he got, he got this uh, Songs of the Night program after he graduated in his, his church. And there was a 10, 15 to 11 Sunday nights. Huh. And it was a nice little program. And... And uh, we had a small choir, and I sang a three solos and talked a little bit. But he was at a table with a microphone. I gave him the name of the songs, and Ruth Graham would give two or three lines for him to read. Yes. And he'd just take off from there and talk for about <laughs> five minutes. Wow. Good at that. So did, you, did he give a hint at the time that he wanted you to join him? Yes. That was in '47. He wrote and said, we're forming this team with Fifth Barrows, and uh, I'd like you to come along and sing a little song before I speak. Uh-huh. I said to, uh, to him, Mr. Graham, I said, uh, you know, the only gospel singers I know was take a verse or two and, and stop and talk a while. <laughs> Would I have to do that? He chuckled, and he said, I hope not. <laughs> then I said, I'd like to come with you, and that's been since Charlotte, November 1947. Were you nervous that first night? Oh, yes. I sang, I will sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. And Mother Graham, his yeah. mother, ah. loved that song. Yeah, yeah. Wow, and he that's... asked for it again and again. Oh, that's great. I'm speaking with the one and only George Beverly Shea who is about to get a lifetime award from the uh, the Grammys. Recently, uh, Bev, I interv- interviewed a man called Louis Samberini. Does that ring a bell with you? You say you interviewed him? Louis Samberini. He's, uh, he's just a kid. He's oh, only... I tell you, that man, is a, that's a favorite name of ours. And he... I remember the tent meeting in 49. Yeah, and he... Los Angeles, when he came forward to give his life to, to the Lord Jesus. Wow. T- take us back to the tent meetings there in, in Los Angeles. What oh was, my, what was it was like? lasted eight weeks long. Let me ask you a question. When did you talk to Mr. Zamperini? Last, oh, we- no. last week. Is, are you 80-something? No, he? he's 94 now. Well, you know, we just went to a bookstore and bought three copies. Oh. A book by the name of Unbroken. Laura Hill Brandt. Yes. Who, 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 the author of the famous book Sea Biscuit. Yes, yeah. And this is called uh, Unbroken. Broken. Yes, I've got a copy. It's a wonderful oh, it's book. Marvelous book. And uh, beginning on page three hundred and something, tells about the tent meeting. Oh. Coming forward. Wow. When you had the um, the tent meetings. Uh, what was the story of, um, you know, the press baron saying Puff Graham, William Randolph Hearst? Oh, yes. Well, Mr. Rout, uh, Mr. Hearst, of the Hearst newspaper, for some reason he was, he, he became interested in the young evangelist. And he told his people, Puff Graham. 
which means uh, pub- I mean, publicize them. In other words, uh, talk about them in the newspaper. Yeah. Uh, and that happened, and of course, that helped to increase the crowd that came. You know, Stuart Hamlin, the man who wrote It Is No Secret. Yeah, how, how did that come about? Yeah, he wrote that right after he found the Lord as his Savior. Huh. Walking along Hollywood Boulevard, John Wayne stopped to him. He said, I saw the newspaper when you uh, walked the sawdust trail and <laughs> gave your heart to the Lord. Yeah. And uh, they'd worked together in films. Yes, yeah. And, uh, they knew each other. And Stuart said to him, well, it's no secret, you know. What God did for me, he could do for anyone. And uh, they sounded like a song. So about <laughs> a minute before midnight, he's singing at his Hammond organ. Yeah. The chimes are coming on. And he wrote, the chimes of time, ring out the news, another day is through. <laughs> wow. And you, you used to sing that pretty regularly, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Now, I want to take you over to London where I lived for many years, to the Haringey Crusade. Um, I understand that was in a rather unusual place, uh, in a, an arena next to a dog racing track. Yes. Can you take us over I to think, the, what happened there? Yes, I believe the building, well, I think we had an audience of, uh, wasn't it 12,000? Yes, each night, uh, I think. And uh, uh, it was marvelous. The people used to get on the subways and buses after the service and, Go to their several ways and singing, and they used to. They said they the whole bus would be singing in our huh. on the subway. Now, we, we, can and, you remember what year that was, Bev? Yeah, fifty-four. Fifty-four, and at the time, Britain was in a real mess, wasn't it? With well, I suppose, uh, but you know, um, there was someone who remembered that during World War Two, uh, the post it's a post office. That had the long distance lines mm-hmm. there, and they used they used uh, uh, wiring all over the British Isles that hadn't been used. Uh-huh. Got a hold of those. We had churches and auditoriums in fifty different places. Wow! Every night. How, how long did that go on for the the Harringay Crusade? Two months. To amazing. Uh, uh, was, br- during one of those days that. Uh, I walk along Oxford Street. Uh-huh. A gentleman from a publishing house said, I have a song for you to... He handed me for the first time a copy of How Great Thou Art. No. Huh. And uh, because we're finishing up in London, I said to Cliff Barrows, our, our uh, choir leader, let's begin this in Toronto. We realized it was an unusually wonderful hymn. Yes, yeah. We did that. Oh, that's wonderful. Do you, do you know how many times you've sung that now? Oh, no, I haven't counted. <laughs> you know, it's uh, wow. almost like scripture, isn't it? So I, I was actually at Wembley at the end of the crusade. I think you had a huge gathering at Wembley Stadium, the big soccer stadium, 100,000 oh, people. Stuff like that, yeah. Yes, huge. Uh, did did you still get nervous in those days, Bev, or were you <laughs> past that? Well, you sit there in the chair, you wait for the time you to go up, you know, and, and uh, when you get to Billy Graham's pulpit, you hang on to it. <laughs> thinking you feel a little better, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. So well. that's, uh, that's, that's the way it goes. Be- before the meetings, uh, what would happen? Would you and... 
and Cliff and Billy get together to pray, or what would you do? Yeah, oh, yes, a little prayer meeting back in the room behind the platform, always a little brief prayer, and uh, uh, it was just uh, that's the way it went. And uh, oh, I tell you, uh, it, it five was it five or six years ago we had our last one in New York City. Yes, yeah. And uh, I miss those, but we see what they call the classics on Saturday night. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then at 7 o'clock on Wednesday, we get a two. Oh, that's wonderful. That must bring and some wonder. I, I, I see where my hair was black, you know. <laughs> now it's white. <laughs> oh, that's great. And um, how is Mr. Graham keeping these days? Quite well. The, uh, he, he, he has, you know, he uh, doesn't walk as well as he's did but he's cheerful and uh we just love to talk to him and he's a dear dear man that man has never disappointed me yes yeah so gentle and you know in his the days when he was well he could walk well he'd be the first one to get to the door to open it for you huh wow that's that's wonderful uh, bev um tell us again now a little bit about the time you lost your wife, and that was a very painful time for you. As it was, it was a 1976, after 10 years of her illness, you know, the time had come. And uh, I remember the funeral service, it seemed like everybody was there. Mm. Billy and Ruth came a long distance to the suburb of Chicago where we lived, and, uh, and oh, so many people, Arthur Smith, a uh, man who wrote, Dueling banjos. Oh yes. Uh, yeah. Other uh, some wonderful hymns. Of, and well, uh, d- tell us about your wife, by the way. What was her name and wh- what was her, her background? Irma. E R M A. Okay. She was from Ottawa, Canada. We were married in Ottawa in 1934. Then I was a widower for ten years, and met this wonderful lady, Carlene Johnson. And how long have you been married to Colleen now? Five years. Wonderful. Twenty-five years of bliss. Wow. Capital B. Yeah. <laughs> now, oh, yeah. Where, during those ten years where you were alone, was that really painful for you? Yes, it was. I I would say hello to some ladies, you know. Yeah. But uh, when the right one came along, I grabbed her hand, you know, <laughs> and her heart. <laughs> So <laughs> we were married to the Graham home. Wow! Did, did Billy pick pick uh, Colleen out for you, or what happened? Well, well, Ruth used to, you know, well, the pastor of our church here. Yes. Our church. Uh, I talked to him once in a while, and one time he ended up his conversation by saying, "When are you coming down here to marry Colleen?" He shocked me. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Oh my." The years of difference. Yes, yeah. Uh, but that, but it happens, you know. And <laughs> wow, isn't that something? Now, what one story I'd love you to share is the time that you would go to the White House with Richard Nixon, and I believe he'd get on the piano and play for yeah, you. He played. Uh, well, he played very well. This old Steinway piano. Uh huh. He played. He will hold me fast. <laughs> he will hold me fast. For my Savior loves, for my Savior loves me so, he will hold me fast. 
Beautiful. I was curious about that. Yeah. How I, did he know that? I found out that he went to, uh, when he was either 13 or 14, to a series of meetings in Los Angeles, at the Church of the Open Door. Yes, yeah. Someone said he made a, a move forward, you know, and uh, made some a decision. Hmm. And um, I recorded on my next album and sent him a, a copy of it. I got a letter. It yeah. looked like it was real. <laughs> Thank you, boy. Oh, how great. What was it like for you to be in the White House, uh, you know, in, the, in that yeah, way? Yeah, for breakfast we were up there, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Was the cooking any good? Was it? Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Now, did you actually have a service in there? Yeah, at 11 o'clock. Uh, the, Mr. Nixon uh, liked the service in, in the East Room, was it called? I yes, know. yeah. And, um, yeah, we had one, one solo, and then, he, then Billy would speak. Wow, that is... But, and, uh, you know, we've been there since uh, Mr. Bush asked uh, Billy to come for a birthday dinner at the White House. Was, it, was that Bush Sr. or Junior? Uh, uh, that's uh, Junior. Junior, wow. But we knew Mr. Bush Sr. too. Yes, yeah. He was there and his wife. And, uh, wow. And several times, uh, Bev, uh, looking back at your many, many years now of working with Billy, uh, can you single out maybe a couple of real highlights that are still living with you today? Well, it's, uh, you know, you, you sit up on the platform and every, oh, every Christian in the audience who know the Lord as their Savior, during a time of what we call invitation time, people uh, come forward. Yes. You know, you, you close your eyes and you pray, but, you know, I peaked. <laughs> <laughs> That's disgraceful. And I think of all those thousands of people for all these years who've come forward. Yeah. And you'll see tears in eyes. And and, and uh, uh, I tell you, that's moving. Yes, and, yeah. And uh, just as I am, it's such a marvelous hymn. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, just... Uh, when you think of Billy and his ministry, you think of his, uh, you think of the message. Yes. And you also think of the song, Just As I Am. Yes, yeah. Who, who wrote that, by the way? Uh, a woman named Elliot. Uh-huh. She was supposed to be from a rather wealthy home. Yes. But didn't know the Savior. And a wonderful thing happened to her that she began to feel his presence and and uh, she taught him, so to speak, that language. Yes. Then she wrote that, just as I am. Oh, that's so great. I but well. that blood was shed for me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, uh, for those of you just tuning in, that's a voice that millions love, uh, George Beverly Shea. And George Beverly Shea is just a kid. He's coming up to 102, and he's about to get a Lifetime Achievement Grammy. So does that mean, George, you're going to forsake... Lifetime Achievement Award. Award. That's a very fancy name, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> well, what... what from the, what the, I, the Recording Academy. Yes, yeah. Uh, what, what, what? And, uh, the, <laughs> well, the names around me make me think of a mule that wanted to go in the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> uh, Julie Andrews and... Uh, you Dolly got Parton. Dolly Parton, yeah. Juilliard String Quartet. What? <laughs> <laughs> The Recording Academy Lifetime Chief Award. Yeah, you know? and you've got a punk band there called the Ramones as well. 
so you, you know the Ramones. Yes. So yeah. does does this and, mean? And, uh, you know, I wanted to tell you that uh, there's something about the name Beverly in yes. Winchester, Ontario. There are three boys got that name. Uh huh. Beverly Jackson, Beverly Taylor, Beverly Shea. Huh. And uh, I never had any trouble about that name over there, but I got to New York City all the during my twenties. Yeah. Sort of while people would say that name, you know, but then I got to Chicago and as an announcer at WMBI, and uh, once or once somebody kind of make fun of the name Beverly, <laughs> but I got on the ABC network coast to coast for eight years huh. in a hymn program. Yes. Also on the Armed Forces Network, and I had to join a vocal union. Wow. On his Beverly Shea, in three weeks I got a postcard. Miss Beverly Shay, <laughs> some of the ladies of the union were getting together at the Palmer House. Come along with us and bring your bathing suit. And, uh, you know, Mr. Woody, I should have done it. <laughs> the program is new. That's and I'm on page two. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bev, does this mean now that you're going to turn to rock and roll at, uh, at your age? Well, I don't think so. No. <laughs> oh, you, no. Did, did you ever like that type of music, or was it just hymns you loved? Uh, just gospel music and hymns. Yes, yeah. And uh, I love the uh, uh, choir music, you know. Yeah. What, what is it about the old hymns that you love so much? Well, they, they point to God the Father, you know, yes. and uh, to the Lord Jesus and... Uh, that's just what you do in church. Yes, yeah. You sing hymns. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You don't now, sing rock and roll in church. Could you give us your top three? Well, I'll have to say how great thou art. That's number one. Almost like scripture. Yes. You never tire of it, you know. And yeah. uh, I notice this uh, this award that's supposed to come along. Yes. They speak about uh, the uh, early days of. Youth for Christ. Yes, yeah. And my uh, traveling with the Billy Graham Crusades and having introduced How Great Thou Art, you know, as a hymn that people got to love so much. And um, it's quite a surprise to get this. Uh, <laughs> 102. Wow, that's amazing. Well, we've been speaking with George Beverly Shea, who I can reveal now is a man, not a woman. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he is just one of the uh, most amazing people anyone could meet. Bev, finally, how, how can we pray for you and your oh, wife? Oh, just keep praying for us that the Lord uh, give us strength and wisdom as we carry on here. You know, I have uh, people who help me with letters, but I do go to the computer. Yeah. And certain ones I need to re reply personally to, you know. And we keep Answering the phone, and these days, because there's a war that's coming along. Yes. <laughs> we're on the phone most of the time. <laughs> I've had about 20 different radio stations, Christian stations. That yes, yeah. Called me and, well, we've been speaking with the legendary gospel soloist George Beverly Shea. He's going to receive the Lifetime Achievement Award in conjunction with the 2011 Grammy Awards. And the good news is he's going to continue singing hymns. He's not going to change. So, well, uh, yeah, but you know, I hate to interrupt you, but you know, at 102, who wants to hear a guy sing? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, if the song's in the heart, that's 
personally. <laughs> well, Bev, thank you so much for being on the program today. Thanks for your boys again. Yes, God bless you, brother. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. strong it shall forevermore endure the saints and angels song we can only see a little of the ocean as we stand on the rocky shore but out there beyond the eye's horizon there's more there's more we can only see a little of God's loving, a few rich treasures from his mighty store. But out there beyond the horizon, there's more, there's more. Could we with ink the ocean fill, or were the skies of parchment made? Would every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above, would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. have been listening to Front Page Radio with international journalist Dan Wooding. If you would like a free subscription to the Assist News service, log on to www.assistnews.net. And if you would like to write to Dan, send an email to assistnews at aol.com. Tune in again for another edition of Front Page Radio on this same station.